You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Dum de dum de dum day yay 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 dum de dum de dum day yay 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 zero 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 none. What's going on, guys? Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Happy Monday. I hope your week is off to a great start. Hopefully, you had a wonderful weekend. Hopefully, you got a little Liddy City off of some No Filter Wine. It's available at nofilterwine.com. Must be 21 or older to order. Please sip responsibly, but be ready because it packs a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. So, stock up now at nofilterwine.com. All right, well, hopefully you guys are ready for the week ahead. As I've told you, all of my content this week is going to be pre-recorded, as in pre-recorded prior to uh, Monday, prior to Monday morning, which is when I'm assuming you're listening to this episode. Everything was taped either last week or over the weekend because I am in Cancun this week with my family. I am taking a a vacation, which I... I don't remember the last time I've ever taken a vacation, like ever in my life. Um, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time I was like gone for for this long. I don't think I, I don't do vacations, and I don't try. Like if I do like some sort of vacation, it's usually like a work trip or something. Um, but yeah, so heads up, there will be no live streams. Maybe maybe I'll sneak a live stream in. Maybe I'll sneak. Maybe I maybe I did or did not sneak some of my podcast equipment with me. Um, so we'll see. TBD. Uh, stay tuned. But hopefully you have a great week, despite me not being live with you. We have a lot to break down from what has gone down over this past week and weekend. Lots of Beverly Hills tea. Um, you know. Prince Harry's doing his thing. He's, you know, talking about his his dingling all up in this book and doing lots of press interviews, which will break down. There will be part two of the Prince Harry book spare. Do I have it right? No, it's somewhere here. My apartment is literally a mess right now with all of my packing that I still need to finish by tonight. But um, yes, we are reading Prince Harry's book spare for our Tuesday book club. It's our Zach Pack weekly unpack. It will still be happening, but it is pre-recorded. So part two will be airing on the podcast this Wednesday, and then it'll be streaming on the YouTube channel this Tuesday. A lot to break down with it, right? Because, you know, the Prince Harry of it all is a lot. So if you are reading along with us, we will have our regular book club that'll air this week. But lots of Rena stuff now that she's left the show. I got to meet her um, and hang out with her and Harry Hamlin the other day, which was fun. Lots of uh, Vanderpump Rules stuff now that Vanderpump Rules is coming back and the trailer is dropped. So I guess let's just dive into it, right? So Lisa Renner... Lisa Rinna is doing um, a quite a quite a bit of pot stirring on her way out. She talked to Interview, which is a publication. She did an online interview with them, an online interview with Interview, and it's her first interview since she's 
announced she's leaving Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was hoping to get the first interview, and she hasn't done any podcasts in quite a while. So I'm hoping maybe, fingers crossed, I can make that happen. I can finagle it. But anyway, in the interview, she confirms that she did quit Real Housewives of Beverly Hills after the reunion. She said that that's when she was done, and that's when she let production know that she was done. And she basically just said that, like, it's a lot, right? Like, she doesn't feel like she's been, aside from the grief of it all, you know, with losing her mother and not taking the time to, like, emotionally heal from that, she says that she doesn't think that her behavior has been any different in compared to previous seasons, right? Going hard at Kathy, she used to go hard at Kim. She went hard at Yolanda. She's obviously said she feels bad for going hard at Yolanda. Um, she went hard at Denise. So she's like, this is how I am. This is how I've always been. It's a job. I show up. I come. I play. I'm one of the few that's willing to kind of come and play back because everybody else is kind of too afraid of not being liked or too afraid of being cast as a villain. So she also talks about how the fandom has changed. And that's what she feels like has changed the most more than the show itself she's like the fans the reaction like maybe based off of what we've all gone through in these past couple of years like our response to things and on reality shows are just different right twitter's a lot wilder um and i feel like social media reaction is just like a lot bigger and a lot grander and it's like one thing when you're like jen shaw right and you're like taking advantage of vulnerable people and you know not showing any remorse or anything but with Lisa Rinna, I'm just like, she's playing up a character on a reality show. Like, to me, it's never been that deep, and at least it's been entertaining, and at least, and some people are like, oh, but it's Mean Girls, and it's this, and it's that, and I always like to remind people about, like, how dark these shows have been in the past, right? Real Housewives of Atlanta, look at how dark it was with the Porsche getting drugged rumor. Um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kim's sobriety and drug addiction, Taylor's domestic abuse, um... The, I mean, the first three seasons of Beverly Hills were wild. Adrian Maloof and the surrogate story getting leaked on the show by Brandy. Like, these shows have always been dark and there's always been drama and there's always been, I mean, Amsterdam. People consider Amsterdam like one of the iconic moments from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills history. And that was Lisa Rinna literally breaking a glass and like flinging across the table to like choke Kim Richards. So... I don't think that this season was particularly different in comparison to previous seasons. I just think, I guess she's kind of right. Like the audience has changed quite a bit. And are we killing reality TV? Are we killing housewives by being, you know, overly critical and not just taking the show at face value? Um, I always, you know, I know sometimes my, my favorites shift from season to season, but I also kind of feel like I've always looked at the show collectively and I've always enjoyed the cast as a whole. Even when I've disliked somebody on the cast, I still see what they bring to the show. And even if I have criticism of particular cast members, I still see it as an ensemble. And so some people are going to look better and some people are going to look worse and some people are going to be villains and some people are going to be heroes. And I just, I don't know. I don't look at it that it's entertainment. So to me, it's not that deep. I did find it interesting, though, that she definitely throws a few shots at some of the other women in this interview as well. She talks about Kathy Hilton um, and actually seemed to speak highly of Kathy Hilton before, like, throwing a subtle jab at the end of it, where she says that she gives Kathy a lot of respect for showing up to the reunion. She says she's got balls, and I respect that she, sh she stood up for what she wants people to believe, and she stands up for what she believes in. So... She says that she saw Kathy at the MTV Awards. It felt good. The two of them, you know, 
will never be best friends in the near future, but at least for now, you know, they're able to to be cordial. She said that she and Erica did speak to Kathy at the award show and that it was fine. And they exchanged pleasantries and, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. At that point, she, I guess, knew she was already quitting. So I guess she knew she wouldn't really have to face Kathy. But she did say that Harry Hamlin told her, like, look, just make nice, talk to Kathy. And just like, why do you want to have beef with anybody? And she's like, yeah. She doesn't want to have any beef with anybody. So she also, she did say though, she, she made it clear that we've only gotten to see the tail of the monster. That so far, Kathy has just shown us her tail and that there's a lot more. But I've always kind of predicted that from the beginning. I know when they aired the clip of me saying that I think Kathy is a bit of a monster behind the scenes. I've, I feel like I've said that from the beginning. That's not anything new. And that's not like something that I've said in my allegiance to Lisa Rinna because um, I don't feel like I have like an unwitting allegiance to her even though I do find myself you know kind of defending her as just like a character on the show and, and playing that villainous role but I said from the beginning that I've never wanted Kathy to be full-time on the show because I think she's best as a friend of because we get her in doses and we get to see that that hunky-dory fun kind of quirky Kathy rather than getting to see anybody with that level of wealth and that level of you know scrutiny by by the media and by the press over the years and that much just attention like there's always going to be skeletons in that closet and I think it's better that we protect Kathy and I've said this after her first season I'm like because people are like give Kathy a diamond give Kathy a diamond I was like no protect Kathy Hilton at all costs because if we start to uh, bring her on the show more we're going to start to see some of those skeletons come to the surface and I think keeping her cute and hunky-dory is the best for the show and the best for her own reputation. I think she's smart enough to know that as well. So I do believe her, Lisa Rinna, when she says that we've only seen the tale of the monster. I think that there's a lot more to Kathy Hilton, but that's the case with everybody. That's not specific to Kathy. I think anybody that continues to put themselves out on reality television and opens up their lives, things are going to come out and we are going to see things. And obviously when it's in the the vessel of entertainment, Things will be exacerbated. Things will be taken out of context or things will be blown up more than they actually are. And I think people also forget that like reality stars are humans too and we make mistakes and we have flaws. So, yeah. Uh, she talks about Kim Richards. She sa- she claims that Kim was told by the producers to set her off in Amsterdam, that Kim knew exactly what button would push Lisa Rinna to that point, and Kim pushed it because I guess the influencer, or sorry, the producers influenced Kim to kind of make some waves at that dinner and be like, push Lisa Rinna and maybe get under her skin a little bit. And Kim did. But according to Rinna, Kim has admitted that she doesn't know anything about Harry Hamlin. She was really just trying to push Lisa's buttons. But she her, her last interaction with Kim seemed cordial and they seemed fine. She talks about Brandy. She says that Brandy is great in little pieces. Um, she says, I think Brandy's great and so valuable. And again, we were not speaking. We did not have a relationship and now we do. So it seems like things with Brandy are better. She says that, you know, if filming begins soon and things are kind of lackluster, which she kind of predicts that they might be based off of the current cast. And I think a lot of people just are afraid of being misliked because, again, when the audience comes, they come so hard. And I don't think people realize that by coming so hard, you're also like changing people and then you're getting people to be more fake on the show because then they're afraid of your wrath and you're like, you know, crazy ruthless and toothless approach to them but she does say that you know if the season starts to struggle at the beginning 
the only person that can save it at this point. Better call Brandy. She says Denise, she has apologized to Denise, but their relationship is non-existent at this point. It doesn't seem like she has any interest. She talks about Lisa Vanderpump. (laughs) She calls Lisa Vanderpump a pussy for not showing up to the reunion. And she says that there's zero relationship between them. I mean, listen, here's the difference. I know people like Lisa Vanderpump. They want to defend Lisa Vanderpump. Lisa Rinna lost her mother on the show. Her mother that was in her everyday life. Not to to diminish Lisa Vanderpump's loss of her brother, but her brother did live across, you know, in another country. So I don't I think it's unfair to to compare grief. But, you know, there is, I guess, that distinct difference of like this is somebody that's actively in your daily life that you're seeing all the time. Um and Lisa Rinna still showed up and filmed and did the reunion. And even though she looked bad this season and went a little crazy on social media, I think so, the social media is ultimately what did her in. I think had she just let the show play out and didn't go so hard on socials, I think the audience may have not come for her as hard as they did, to be honest. But taking it back to Lisa Vanderpump, even Kathy Hilton. Kathy Hilton showed up at the reunion and she came to play play ball and she did she didn't have to show up Kathy didn't need the money Kathy also didn't really need to rehab her image because I don't think many people would have believed Erica or Rinna regardless because they don't like Erica or Rinna so I think they were going to believe Kathy regardless of whatever she did or said and that's I think the difference between like Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna who you have to give respect and props in comparison to Lisa Vanderpump, you know, she quit the show half season, midway through the season when things weren't going her way. And she didn't show up at the reunion, which was a great opportunity for her to hash things out. I think she was afraid of the wrath that was going to come from all of the women. And more than the wrath, it was really just holding her accountable. And I don't think Lisa likes to be held accountable. So I kind of side with Lisa Rena, where I was like, yeah, you know, I don't think that that was cool of her to just dip out and not show up at the reunion. And yeah, I do think that, that was a bit of a pussy move. She talks about Sutton and Garcelle. She says that, you know, Sutton and Garcelle are probably going to have the toughest time this next season because they're actually going to have to show up and work. She said that it won't make it won't take much for them to actually be the show villains, though. They just have to be who they really are. So she definitely throws a lot of shade and seems to to allude to the fact that there's a lot more to Sutton and Garcelle that we haven't seen. And that's kind of been my speculation and kind of like where I stood with Sutton and Garcelle that I think they pander to the audience a little bit more. And I think that's easy to do when you have somebody like Erica or Lisa Rinna on the show who aren't afraid of being the villains. When you have someone that's not afraid to come and look bad and just kind of put themselves out there and react honestly and organically without, you know... I mean, I think Sutton has. I think Sutton definitely gets herself into trouble a lot. I feel like Garcelle has shown us a lot less than Sutton has. Sutton is at least kind of, you know, gotten into the mix a little bit more. She's been a little more vulnerable. Um, I just don't know if there's enough rich story in her life at the moment other than, like, I'm going on Bumble and I'm starting to date and I'm moving into a new house. Like, I want to see more. Like, I want Sutton and Garcelle to give us a little bit more and to kind of, you know, work a little harder. And I think without Lisa Rinna to work off of, it will be very interesting to see what happens. And, like, there's going to be some pressure to make some waves and to be interesting and to, and I'm curious if they're going to keep going at Erica because that's the easier target. But as of, you know, with Erica right now, I don't think there's much to really come after her for all the legal stuff continues to get shot down. More lawsuits continue to come up, but they go away just as quickly as they come up. They keep getting dismissed. They haven't found anything. They've been 
investigating her specifically for what it's going to be this 2023 is going to be three years now. It's been over two years that they've been looking for something. They still haven't found anything. It'll be very interesting to see where, where it goes from here. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, I have faith for Sutton and Garcelle. I think the fans really do like them, but I also think that, you know, they may have a villain era. And I think that that's okay because I think that's natural for growth and, you know, character arc on a reality show. The longer you stay, you're going to have good seasons and bad seasons. And so I'm curious to see where that goes and how the fans react to that. Kyle, she says that she thinks Kyle would actually also be a really great villain. Um, and that she said this to Kyle's face too, that she's just too worried about what people think of her. And I think that's true. And that's why Kyle's very Switzerland and Kyle likes to stay in the middle and Kyle doesn't like to get in the mud. I mean, and even my thing is it's like lean in Kyle, be a villain, have a villain era. I think Kyle does have the potential to be a really great villain. But it's like you're getting beaten up for, for being Switzerland as it is. So you might as well be like, listen, if you guys are going to find things to hate about me, then let me just lean in and let me really go for it. And I think Kyle should just kind of drop that wanting to be liked all the time sort of facade and just lean in. But I get it. The way fans come at these women is so hard and harsh and ruthless and just like mean. They go after their kids. They go after their husbands. They try to, you know, exploit scandal from like, stupid, silly civil lawsuits that really don't mean much at the end of the day. Um, we'll see. But I think I would I would love to see Kyle actually lean into that villain era. We have Dorit. She says that Dorit has it in her too, but Dorit had a rough year with the, the home invasion. So we'll see. Well, obviously, we've seen Dorit get scrappy in the past. We've seen Dorit really go head-to-head with a number of people, Erica, Rinna, in her earlier seasons. So... Yeah, we'll see what Dorit brings this season. I think Dorit has it in her, but I also think Dorit was softened when people started to like her on the, you know, Denise and Brandy season. And she leaned Team Denise, and people really liked Dorit that season. I think since then, she's softened her tone because she doesn't want to get that visceral hatred that she's had before. And I get it, you know, when the audience turns to like you, you want to keep them liking you. When it comes to Crystal, she says that um, she gives Crystal the benefit of the doubt but that she just thinks Crystal is too young. And she says she describes her as a baby dolphin in a pool full of sharks. These other women are, she says that they're older. They've been a little more hardened by life. They're a little more willing to play ball, whereas Crystal's just a little more innocent in all of it. And I agree. And I think that's why Crystal gets very sensitive with a lot of stuff because she is a bit of a baby dolphin. Heather Dubrow and Harry Hamlin have also spoken out about Lisa Rinna's exit recently, or at least over the past couple of days. Uh, we know Sutton spoke to E! News, and Sutton said that, that, you know, Lisa was good at stirring the pot, and they loved eating Lisa's soup, and now they're not. she's going to miss Lisa's soup because there's no soup that Lisa's going to stir in the next season, and she said that she's going to miss her. Kyle also said that she'll be missing Rinna. Erica told TMZ that the show's going to have some big shoes to fill. Lisa Rinna was the goat of Beverly Hills. For people that don't know what the goat is, the goat is greatest of all time. G-O-A-T, goat, the greatest of all time. So Erica says that that's what Lisa Rinna was on Beverly Hills. And I agree. How many seasons did Vanderpump last? 10? 9, 10? 9 and a half? 8 and a half? I don't remember. What season did she leave? She left like in season 10, right? So Vanderpump had a good run. Rinna had an eight-year run. She was on what? Eight, nine seasons? So, I mean, I think... Vanderpump was a strong, like, queen of Beverly Hills, but I think Rinna had a much stronger, more memorable presence. As much as people hated her, 
I think she's had the strongest presence on Beverly Hills when you really think about it. The most memes, the most gifts, the most like, you know, lines that we say. Rinna definitely, I think, outshines LVP in terms of that, like, you know, iconic moments and cultural impact on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Right? I mean, Kim Richards obviously wasn't there for long, but very impactful. Brandy Glanville, very impactful. Lisa Vanderpump, very impactful. I just think Rinna has been a little more impactful and a little more unafraid to really just lean in. And Lisa Rinna was unafraid to be like, listen, it's a television show and I'm going to make a great television show. And I think that's where Lisa Vanderpump failed is Lisa made a great television show, but she never leaned into that, right? She never was like, let me actually try to, or let me own it, right? Let me own that I am doing a little bit of producing. I am doing a little finagling. I am stirring the pot a little bit. And I wish Lisa Vanderpump had owned that a little bit better. And I think she would have had a stronger impact. And I think she may have actually stuck around a bit more. But so Harry Hamlin was at the premiere of his new um, his new project, 80 for Brady. That's one with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Love them. Love Grace and Frankie. I love them before Grace and Frankie, um, but I love them still together now. So he was there and he said that he's he thinks that Lisa Rinna elevated the show. So he seems to agree with me and he's very excited for what's next for her. So he seems very supportive of his wife, ready to kind of just move on to the next thing. Heather Dubrow also said that she's excited for Rinna and that she thinks a break is healthy. Obviously, Heather took a break herself. She came back stronger. So she thinks that this will be good for Rinna and that Rinna is going to be just fine and may possibly come back if and when she's ready to. So, okay, Heather Dubrow, we see you, girl. We see ya. I did see Lisa Rinna last week. So my friend Norma was like, hey, I'm an actress, which I knew. And I was invited to this SAG, you know, retrospect event with Harry Hamlin. And so it's like a 90-minute Q&A where they revisit Harry Hamlin's career and ask him questions. And people get to ask him questions. She's like, I don't know if you want to go. Do you want to go? And I was kind of like, oh, sure. Um, And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, Let's live life and have a little fun. Maybe we'll see Rena. Maybe we won't see Rena, but it it would be interesting, you know, possibly some good networking. So we did go and um went to the event. Lisa Rena did happen to be there, which was really nice. I was gonna put this in a bonus episode, but I guess I'll give I'll I'll save some other tea for a bonus. I'll I'll have to dig up some tea for a bonus episode because I talked about my experience meeting Sutton, um, which now people see press were invited to that little mixer that Sutton was having. I didn't just go for a photo op. I talk about it more on the on the bonus episode for members only on YouTube for the Zach Pack members. So, but with Rinna, I did get to see Rinna. I'm trying to think, like, should I mention it all here? I met Rinna and that's all I'm going to say. And I'll save the rest for a bonus episode for members only. But I did get to meet Rena. I get I did get to meet Harry Hamlin. Norma and I did have a really great time. So yeah. I think Rena is gonna be all right. Apparently Crystal is coming back this season. They gave her a contract or they offered her a contract. And apparently one of the 14 friends that dropped her is also in talks to join the show this season as well. I haven't confirmed it with any of my sources, but I also haven't really cared to because it's Crystal and I'm not that jazzed by Crystal. But Queens of Bravo posted about it and they usually have some pretty good tea, but they posted that Crystal's coming back. Unclear if Crystal's going to be a diamond holder or possibly a friend of, but at least we know Crystal was offered a contract. And apparently 
one of those 14 friends is doing some chemistry tests at the moment um, before filming is officially set to begin. Because usually when somebody new comes in, they do a couple of chemistry tests and try to, you know, see if they're going to gel with the other women, how they perform on camera, all of that sort of stuff. I mean, at least this will make Crystal more interesting if it is true. I've liked Crystal. I just think she really tanked at this last reunion. But hopefully, if she does stick around, she can bring it. I think Crystal has it in her. I think, you know, when she was going back and forth with Sutton, I think that was compelling. I liked the Crystal versus Sutton beef. I think Crystal was really good at getting Sutton to kind of shake in her boots a little bit. And it forced Sutton to really kind of come out of her shell and also kind of stand her ground. And so I liked their contrast, right? I didn't like that it felt like the the next coming season, which I guess was this most recent season, that it kind of just felt like Crystal buckled. And she was like, I'm going to align with Garcelle and Sutton because that's what I think. Those are the fan favorites. That's the audience. Those are the audience favorites. And I feel like, you know, she just felt like it was better to like make nice with them rather than to have a genuine, you know, sort of let the relationships genuinely ebb and flow as I think they naturally do. It felt like they were more in an alliance together rather than they were like genuine friends. And maybe that's just because I know some insider, some a little bit of insider tea on that too, that I think that's what made me kind of like, oh, Crystal, really? Because I'm just like, where is your allegiance? Who do you like? Like, I know who you're talking to behind the scenes, but when you're on camera, it's a very different Crystal than I think, than what is happening behind the cameras or sorry, behind the scenes when cameras are down. So it just, to me, I mean, and I get it when you're on these types of shows, like, yes, allegiances are important. You need to know who's going to have your back and who your allies are going to be. But I think the housewives are the greatest when they really just throw themselves into the line of fire. And they're just like, like Erica has been thrown into the line of fire. Rinna has thrown herself into the line of fire. I think even Vanderpump has had some strong moments where the cast has been against her, but she's very much been able to kind of stand her ground. So... I like housewives when they're willing to stand against the crowd. I think that's what I loved about Brandy Glanville is she was very much willing to stand against the crowd and get shunned and fired, but at least she gave us a great show. And that's what we want. We want a good show. Vanderpump Rules is coming back. It is set to return February 8th. We got the trailer last week. Kaylee, Katie is talking about the summer on her podcast. She's talking about the trailer and how the summer was really intense and how she's most definitely not friends with Raquel. Apparently, she's also having some beef with Lala, but she says that she's very displeased with Raquel because immediately after the split from Schwartz was made official, that Raquel just, like, immediately moved in. And I kind of get it. Like, like, I normally don't like to side with Katie, but in this instance, I feel like, yeah, it is kind of too close to home. Like, date Peter, cool. Date Oliver, Garcelle's son, cool. But, like, come on. Tom's a little too close to home. The breakup is a little too fresh. Like, it's too soon to be doing this in front of Katie and on camera, knowing that this is going to be put out there for the whole world. So I act like, yes, I get it. Like, normally, and I know my sentiment in the past has been like, Raquel is single. Let her make out with different guys. Let her live her life. Let her have fun. I'm not here to to, to sex shame her. What is that? Slut shame her. I'm not here to slut shame her. Like, if she wants to be a slut, let Ra- Raquel be a slut. She got out of a, a tough relationship with James, and now she gets to live her life, as she should. So I'm all about that. But I, in now listening to Katie's side of things, I'm kind of like, but I get it. Like, 
she just, she's been with this guy for a long time. She was married to this guy. They're going through a divorce. You're in the friend group. And not just that, but it's like, it's also like bad girl code to immediately go after somebody when the breakup is that fresh and you're in the same friend group. It's another thing when you're filming a television show and you know that this is going to air. So not only does this person have to watch you hit on and flirt and make out with your former partner right in front of you, but you also then have to all relive it when it airs and then relive it a third time when it's reunion time. Like, I don't know, maybe a year. A year off limits for a year. I think even Schwartz, like I think he's a little too innocent to like think about like how disrespectful this could have been to Katie. I think he's just somebody that like lives in the moment and like lets his heart take him wherever it's going to go. And he doesn't always think things through. And I think that was part of the issues in his relationship to Katie and ultimately why the marriage didn't work out. But I don't know, you guys. I really don't know. I think I'm very curious. I'm very compelled to see how this all works out. I'm also looking forward to seeing them all single. Lala single. James is in a new relationship. Um, Katie's single. Schwartz is single. Raquel's single. So that's going to be a fun and interesting vibe to see them all back in that in that kind of space that they like had moved along from. They were settled down and in good relationships and engaged and having babies. And now everything is turned upside down. The cast photos, though, for Vanderpump Rules, I do want to say this. They were horrendous. They looked horrible. They were like the worst AI filtered types of photos. And I know the cast wasn't happy with them. I know Sheena on her podcast was like, yeah, that was a horrible. Like they like got rid of half of my eyebrow. Um, and she posted photos of them behind the scenes on set that day. And she's like, here are the real photos of what we really look like in comparison to those terrible like wax figure photos. And I think that they were trying to go for like a movie film theater post type of vibe. But it was just too overdone. Like, it was way too over the top. I get it. Like, there's, you know, a little bit of, like, that aspirational vibe you want to go for and, like, movie poster-ish. But I think these just got to the point where it just looked so unnatural. It wasn't, like, hyper, you know, superstar. It was just weird. It was odd. It was very Madame Tussauds. But, like, it was just too much filtering. Way too much filtering. They were horrendous. Katie seems to be living her best life, though. It seems that she she might be dating again. She was recently looked, linked to the actor Satchel Clendenin. He's a younger dude. I mean, I don't know. He he wasn't my type. He was, like, really slim. He had, like, curly hair. He was a little lanky. He reminded me of, like, a 19-year-old boy, freshman in college. I think he's, like, 22. But that's what he reminded me of. And I was like, mm, I'm okay. And then she was recently also linked to Lucas Gage, who was the actor on White Lotus. If anybody saw White Lotus season one, he was the one that got his ass eaten out. Remember that, like, iconic scene? And then he went on Watch What Happens Live. And, like, you know, he was like, we need to normalize eating ass. And Andy was like, yeah, come see about me. So it's funny. Somebody, I don't remember who it was. Maybe... Oh my God, beefy vibes. Was that the the one on, on Twitter? Someone on Twitter made a comment that I thought was really funny about Katie. And I'm like, well, she seems to like definitely be into like younger guys, slimmer guys. And somebody was like, yeah, Katie definitely seems to be into bottoms. We had, to, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess Tom Schwartz, he's, he, I think he's just like, you know, a, uh, um, a Labrador. Yeah. Or no, he's more of like a golden retriever, right? Cute, floppy ears, you know, long, golden, floppy fur. Like, you know, he's just, he's cuddly. He's like a teddy bear. He's 
you know, I like Tom Schwartzy. Um, but yeah, it definitely, the others, you know, Lucas and, and Satchel. Well, first of all, I could never date somebody named Satchel. Like, what is, like, I no, I don't want to wear a Satchel. I don't want to date a Satchel. I don't want to be inside a Satchel. Okay. Thank you. Next. Lucas is cute, though. Lucas Gage is cute. And I hope Andy Cohen at least got to spread some cheeks while he was in New York and he was on Watch Robin's Live. Good for Andy Cohen. Let Andy Cohen live his best life. Okay. Okay, I think that's all the, the the tea and the scoop that I have for you guys on this Monday. I know it's a bit of a shorter episode. Actually, not really, because No Filter used to always be in like the 30-minute mark, 30 minutes, and then the most would be like a 40 to 45-minute mark. And then eventually the episode started getting longer as we were doing like more deep dives and I was doing like more deep analysis of things. But, I mean, that's where we're at. That's what we got. I don't know if there's anything else that's been like super uber-pressing. I don't think so. Um, Traders is out. The new, what do you call it? The new competition show on Peacock. It's out. There's a new recap of it that dropped on Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Juliet from the Ringer and I recapped the first four episodes of The Traders. I think it's a great show. I finished it finally. We're going to be doing another recap that'll be coming out very soon. But the first recap, along with an interview with Kate Chastain and Reza Farahan, now up on the Ringer Reality TV podcast under It Was All a Stream. So you can go to Spotify and look up the Ringer Reality TV podcast and listen to my interview with Kate Chastain and Reza Farhan and our recap of Traders episodes one through four. And then we'll recap the season as a whole um, soon. And then I have an interview that'll be coming out with Brandy Glanville and Ari, and then a separate interview with Kyle Cook and Rachel Reilly. So Kyle Cook from Summer House and Rachel Reilly from Big Brother, right? That's where she's from, Big Brother. She was a blast. If anybody's watched Traders, it, it was a great first season. Um, I'll give my full thoughts on The Ringer. So... It's a good it's a good show. I recommend watching if you need something to binge, if you need something to catch up on, since there isn't as much no filter content coming out this week as we're normally used to, then I would suggest going and binging the traders all the way to the end. The first like two episodes are a little hard to follow because I believe the concept is so new. I know it's really big in the UK. Apparently I was talking to Jacques and it like bombed when it aired in Australia, but it's originally a Dutch show that is now going international. But it seems to be doing well here in the U.S. Kate Chastain, the goat, the goat of the traders. Love Kate Chastain. I'm surprised I never watched her on Below Deck. Um, yeah, I just, I love Kate. So go tune into that now. I have a new episode of Real Houses of Miami and The Circle that both dropped last week. And then new recaps that will be dropping this week. Real Houses of Miami recap will drop on Tuesday with me and Chelsea, 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 bang, bang. And then on Wednesday is our recap of the circle finale. And then we have the winner of the circle that is also going to be in that episode. I almost said who the winner was, but obviously I can't because I've seen the finale, but the finale doesn't air until Wednesday, which is when our recap comes out. So there's that. The winner of the circle is crowned on Wednesday and we have the winner on our podcast our podcast, which is lots of F-U-N. We love all the F-U-N. Okay, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope this weekend you stock up on some no-filter wine. Um, let me know what you're thinking of Prince Harry's book. I wanted to watch the Anderson Cooper interview. Maybe I still, well, yeah, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Um, I'll try to make sure there's fun content to come. 
Um, that way you aren't missing me too much. And I will have my handy dandy phone with me. So I'll probably sneak in a little live here or there if there's any like major breaking news. So follow the Instagram at no filter with Zach. I will probably sneak in a little live if there's anything major that happens. Just be ready on call and ready for it. All right. I love you. I appreciate you. You can follow me personally at Just Plain Zach. I saw all of your reviews, you guys, on Apple that you left last week, which was so sweet. And you guys are the bomb.com. And I'm just like so, so grateful to all of you um, that left reviews because you were so sweet. We got like 20 new reviews over the weekend um, to combat like some of those like awful ones. We have Lulu Bellhop, uh, Tara MCP, M2975. Thank you. Cosmic Energy, T Spilt. I know that's right. Saray927. Ansley, Ansley from Georgia. I remember you, Ansley, when we met in Nashville on the Spilling Tea Live Tour. Angels, Rusty, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate you. Jibby, Jibby, Lauren G in New Jersey, Leslie. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you all very, very soon. All right. Ciao for now.